Hi, I'm Simon Devereaux, Director of Global Talent Development at Framestore, and welcome to the Framestore podcast, a learning and talent development focused podcast made by Framestore for Framestore. In this two-part episode, I have the pleasure of speaking with three members of the mighty Framestore training team, namely Bonnie Duray, our Global Talent Development Manager, live from Montreal, Jignesh Salanki, Mumbai-based training manager, and Kelly Finch, our confluence and training specialist, all the way from Florida. Following our recent episodes, doubling down on teams such as our labs, DMP, comp, and art department specials, it made sense to connect with a team very close to my heart. So here it is, episode 32, part one, our training team special. Welcome back to another episode of the Framestore podcast, episode 32. Every two weeks, as you know, we invite both a guest from our global Framestore community and a co-host with a keen interest in our guest role, craft or career path. And this week, we have another special focus where we prop up and recognize another team. This time, it's the Framestore training team. Now, normally, as I said, we'd invite a special guest from our Global Framestore community to the podcast daily session where they face the usual 13-question grilling with a willing co-host. But on this episode, we're switching it up yet again with not one, not two, but three special guests who will face down the dailies spread across today's first instalment and Thursday's second part. So in no particular order, we have Bonnie Duray, our Global Talent Development Manager, Initially, joining the Framestore Montreal recruitment team in the summer of 2019, Bonnie quickly made the transition to training by taking on a training manager position just a year later. As Framestore grew, so did Bonnie's role as it expanded beyond Canada to a global role supporting the whole business across all disciplines and pipelines. With a talent acquisition background in finance and tech companies such as Deloitte, PwC and Axio, Bonnie brings a serious amount of experience and credibility to the table. Jignesh Salanki came on board as Mumbai-based training manager in August 2021 at the beginning of the studio's inception and has been with Framestore ever since. Previously, Jignesh held down the role of senior VFX trainer at DNEG for over four years and a number of academic and artistic roles since 2003 at institutions including Graffiti School of Animation, Arena Multimedia, and many others. You should check out his LinkedIn profile. Jignesh is a heavyweight VFX and technical trainer, and we're very lucky to have him on the team. And last but not least, Kelly Finch, our confluence and training specialist, joined Framestore in February last year. A knowledge-based specialist, Kelly also has a background in production, having worked as a PA on The Dark Knight Rises, and then in finance, working as a teller, then as a computer operator, and a number of information system-related roles. Kelly has been pivotal in transforming our relatively new Confluence space, and I'm excited to shout about the strides she has made on this very podcast. So, there are intros done. A warm welcome to the pod, Kelly, Jignesh, and Bonnie from the mighty Framestore training team. How the devil are you? Three guests. This is new 
uncharted territory for me. So we're going to see how this goes. But how are you, how are you doing, folks? It's early. <laughs> it's early. Yes. Uh, for those <laughs> listening, this is a this is a live example of how we schedule our team meetings because we have Kelly sitting out in Florida, we have Bonnie in Montreal, and we have Jignesh in Mumbai. So this is a being recorded on a Friday. We have Jignesh giving up a very small portion of his Friday evening. So we're very grateful to you for that, Jignesh. Kelly's up at insane o'clock. Was it 6.30 a.m. for you, Kelly? So that's yeah, a lovely it's almost seven now. disclaimer for our listeners. <laughs> and Bonnie's just an hour later, but also, I would say, an unholy hour of the morning for most people too. So we're very grateful to have you on this globally distributed episode, folks. Super excited to be here, Simon. Excellent, excellent. I'm super excited. It's a pleasure. Well, the pleasure is all mine. And uh, before we get into the dailies, because the plan is for this episode is to ask you all the same questions. So we're going to get into a really interesting conversation here. And I don't want it to feel like I'm just going to go down the line. I think I'm going to try and kind of weave the questions neatly into uh, a fly in the wall conversation as if we were all sitting in the same pub, cafe or whatever your choice of beverage is. Um, but before we get into that, you know, we're here to kind of talk about the training team, right? And uh, it's quite nice to have this episode on episode 32 of many that we've delivered in the last year. And we kicked off our, our podcast experiment with episode one with Sergio, our VFX training manager, who was then an Unreal trainer. So it feels right and proper to finally, overdue, have a, uh, have a training team special. So how, how do we feel about talking about the the, the, the work of the training team on this uh, this podcast. I mean, uh, let's start with you, Kelly. How are you feeling about talking about confluence on this global footing? You know, outside of the day job, you get to be coast to coast on all streaming platforms talking about the thing you love the most, confluence. I'm going to have to reveal all my top secret work. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, let's keep it, let's keep it nice and conf- yeah, confidential enough. <laughs> but I think we should definitely talk about the great work you're doing. But uh yeah, and, and Bonnie, yeah, you've been uh, you know in the team for your, one of our longest serving team members, really. We're still quite a new team, really. But uh, how are you feeling about talking about the, the work of the, the training team, the talent development team? I think I'm honestly like a bit ecstatic about this because we don't talk about training enough. And I think uh, whether it's people inside a frame store or outside of frame store, nobody really knows what we actually do or what we can offer. Mm. So it's a great opportunity today to talk about all of these awesome elements that we can offer. Yeah, completely. I know. And it's uh, it's also something that I find, I mean, also what I'm quite happy about having, why I'm quite happy about having the three of you from the team on, and I'm not doing a disservice to any other member of the team is, you know, really kind of talking to our folk at Framestore about the kind of the talent we have within the team. Because I talk about the work Kelly does all the time. Um, you're out there in uh, in Florida, you know, keeping fighting the good fight and keeping uh, confluence uh, constantly innovative and creating new spaces constantly and, and these are conversations that I have with various people all the time as well as Jignesh you know out there in in Mumbai you know yes you have uh, massive support to the team on the ground in Mumbai but you know Jignesh I think a lot of people don't realize that you also operate as a kind of global VFX training manager as well you've been yeah. pivotal in the onboarding of, of the Melbourne team for example but you know how have you found your your journey with Framestore Jignesh over the last few years where you were originally a, a Mumbai asset, you know, no pun intended, to being someone who um, can support the entire business of, uh, of Framestore. It, as I said, Simon, it's a pleasure having such a 
like diversified and talented training team across the globe right mm. like when i joined in mumbai i knew that it would be tough because everything was new everyone was new here no department knew each other and then we just initially had like few fewer departments and now we are like going into like a full fledged vfx service facility so supporting all the departments one by one associating them and like budding them with other people on the globe from london and the same as you said like right now now we have method integration in melbourne side so supporting them mm. and making sure that they feel supported they have uh, the supports from london montreal vancouver so it's it's just wonderful to yeah. uh, like it's it's a pleasure to have such a spreaded and talented enthusiastic training team Yeah, yeah, it's a really good point you make as well because what I've got what I've got from that answer just now Jigna is the ever changing business that we're in. Yeah. There's always something new to focus on whether it be a new studio is coming on board or new pipelines, new software. Yeah. And I feel that we're agile enough as a training team. I feel like I'm selling the training team here, I'm not. I think it's really good to kind of have this conversation. But actually that speaks directly to the work that you do Kelly in terms of having to stay abreast of all of the changes that are happening. whether it be the show spaces whether it be the the community based forums whether it be you know there's new studios coming on board there's integration to think about there's onboarding there's all of the changes we have to kind of put through confluence and actually on the onboarding piece bonnie i know we touch on this quite a lot in our catch ups in terms of the almost the the constant presence of adapting onboarding so i think since i started the onboarding of our people has been you know i think as i joined the vancouver was kind of happening and there's lots of conversations around vancouver coming on board which seems like an age away now um but i wanted to kind of talk to you about how you stay on top of that level of detail that all of our people have to be onboarded in a certain way and how you keep focused and ensure that you know the team are responding to those those needs There's a question in there somewhere. I think you might have deciphered it, but um Yeah, I what... I'm I'm going to have to take a step back to answer that question because I'll be honest, when I joined the training team, there was nothing formal in existence, mm. but we were also physically all in the office. So I think there was a lot of change that happened when COVID hit. Mm. And we had to kind of really quickly pivot to ensure that the experience of our new starters was still great. So so basically we had to build it from ground up but then adapting to ensure that it was actually answering the needs of our people. Uh so we've been basically changing the structure of our onboarding, connecting and adapting it depending on the location. Uh so we make sure that we we send a feedback survey to make sure that if people are not finding our onboarding relevant, we can actually again pivot really quickly. and try to find a fix. I know Jignesh has been such a s- strong supporter in creating a great technical training. Uh and we're still working on renewing some of our onboarding. And I think this is one of the most important part uh, that we can be super proud of is that we keep on renewing mm-hmm. uh, our content and our structure and we keep pushing ourselves to make sure we're offering what our people need. Yeah and and on that in the uh, the intros I often forget that you, when you joined Bonnie it was kind of the summer of 2019 and then we all know what happened in 2020 so there was this lovely luxury of onboarding people in person in studios um and then I think when did confluence drop when did we we invest in confluence that was the following couple of over covid was it or am I Yeah so confluence was actually dropped in the middle of covid because mm. we realized that 
You cannot just turn around and ask for people to say, hey, where that? where is that? Mm. Well, basically, that had become a struggle for our people to find content efficiently. Hmm. Um, so we shifted quickly and say, okay, what can we do to make sure that, again, people have access to information, even if they're virtual, and they don't have access or don't know anyone because they've onboarded virtually. Yeah. Um, so it was more about trying to find a good solution for everybody to be connected together, right. but also to access the right and updated information. And Confluence kind of arose from those solutions. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Because I never really think about Confluence as a uh, you know, pandemic situation. But actually, historically, my understanding is it was also a great opportunity to consolidate all that information that was out there. So uh, when I started uh, a few, couple of years ago now, I remember almost this kind of fog of all of these wikis every time every, about thousand, i had pictured thousands of wikis just floating around in the ether which we're trying to kind of grab and bring into confluence so we had that kind of one-stop destination rather than all of this rogue content yeah. and obviously that led us to uh bring 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 kelly in last year kelly i mean when you exactly when you joined kelly what what did you make of confluence because when i joined i found it i'd never worked with it before and i think what we've done with it since you've joined because when I, I used to call it a stream of consciousness, I compared Confluence to Facebook of 2007, where it's like so-and-so's added their photo. Here's a, here's a holiday album. Oh, somebody's changed their relationship status to it's complicated. Um, and that's what it was to me, but it was all very technical. So it's a complete turn off for me. But what you've done with Confluence has been transformative. But I'd love to almost go back to when you started to understand what you made of the platform when you came in. I know you had I knew a bit about it because you interviewed for the role. So I know you, it's not a complete surprise, but I'd love to just uh, go back to those early months where you were making sense of the project. So before I started working for Framestore, uh, I, I was working at a, at a bank and I had some experience with a, a knowledge base that had been newly acquired, hmm. but it was nothing like Confluence. So I honestly didn't know what I was in for hmm. when when I started because this was just so much more of an advanced platform. And I had to very quickly learn everything that I could. Yeah. So it took a lot of going through just the... Confluence training that the vendor offers, reading up on different features, and then just playing around and working in it and seeing what was mm. possible. So in the beginning, it was a lot of focus on just wanting to migrate content over. Mm. And then we started slowly seeing what the possibilities could be in Confluence. Yeah. So we were like, this doesn't have to just be where people find information for their department yeah. it's like it could be a place that people communicate with each other that you can ask questions that you can mm. you know have some sort of community in there yeah i was about to throw the, the the c word in there you know we talk a lot about community and drove the the mentoring program this podcast and uh it's a really great take on confluence because i think a lot of potential kind of systems folk who, who could have come in and took on that project would have seen it very much as that as a system and it is but seeing it through the lens of building community and I think that's one of the things we need to kind of drive more with in Framestore is seeing it as a as a destination because I think historically it was seen as a replacement for wikis which was hey 
this is where I can go for pipeline information. Here's where I can go for what I need to know to do my job, which it still is. But one of the things that excites me as a kind of creative type is the art space that we put in last year. Yeah, the art space, the uh, the Q&A feature that's in there, you know, all of the really rich content as well. So it shouldn't just be limited to technical people or artists, right? And it's still very much all to play for, right, Kelly? There's still so much scope within that platform. And again, you know, the last episode wasn't sponsored by ChatGPT. And this episode is very much not sponsored by Confluence. We we talked about changing it, remember, when we talked about changing the name. Yeah. Yeah. And then we thought, actually, just Confluence is what the vernacular people use, even though it's the name of the platform as well. So if Confluence want to give us some money, of course, we'll have them on board as a sponsor. But um, anyway, but yeah, going back to my point, you know, the community piece is really important, right? And you, you were involved in those conversations, Bonnie, too, right back in the early days. Yeah, definitely. And I think like I know like me and and a few others were more focused on how to insert the information, how to structure. But I feel that Kelly really brought it to life hmm. into adding those different elements in there that really brought up that community hmm. aspect. And I think that is great. That is a great element about this is that it has become a place where people can gather. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, that's what Kelly brought to Confluence is basically life. You brought life, Kelly, to Confluence. How do you feel about hearing that? I feel like... end the podcast on that uh, Sam, Sam this is your opportunity to add some holy music over the top like the, the heavens opening in podcast land the editor is we kneel to your greatness thank you um, Jignesh you know obviously I flippantly talk about yeah it's you know confluent and again I'm going to move away from confluence shortly but I wanted to get your take as our resident VFX trainer our technical person yeah you know how have you found working with confluence because you came in after the before times like Bonnie was very much in the before times and you and I would love to talk about that as we go through the dailies Bonnie around how you transitioned from the before times of frame store to the post-COVID times, and they are two very distinct worlds. But Jignes, obviously, you came in uh, you know, in 2021. And uh, what was your take of working with that platform? And where do you see the benefits of using Confluence at all from a technical perspective? I, I really remember my early days right now, Simon, where me and Bonnie, we were just scratching our head and thinking like there's so much huge amount of data in Wiki. Everybody keeps on talking about we have mm. Wiki, we have Wiki. And then we are like, oh, we are going to change the platform from Wiki to Confluence. And how the hell we'll put this entire huge amount of content and these thousands of pages into Confluence. I think that's where Kelly and our coordinators, they helped us a lot. But I still remember we were scratching, like me and Bonnie, we used to have a lot of catch-ups that what should be the page structure? How should we use the template? How should we make sure that the user gets the experience, right? Mm. We are moving from Wiki to Confluence because we want to users to have good experience, good uh, way of searching uh, videos and pages and uploading large amount of videos and all those kind of stuff. Mm. But then we were not very sure how it will look like once it is ready. And I can say now uh, that once we had Kelly, 
now it's looking amazing like talking from the home page to the spaces the way it is divided to the way we are like kind of filtering organizing standardizing the pages mm. it's it's absolutely awesome and of course like, as we all know like as a global company we, we are not just concentrating on one side and when we talk about like different time zones we really need some sort of a strong platform where people could just come together make a knowledge page and just share it with everyone irrespective of the person being available in person to talk yeah so they can just share hey here's the confluence page please go through the video and you'll understand and then we also had the learning management course that we talk about which is mm-hmm. embedded into our confluence which which is a great support for us when it comes to globalizing and standardizing all the onboarding just making sure that whether the guy is newly joined person in vancouver or montreal or mumbai they all get the same quality content they all get the same standard of the tools and the quality of work we do at freightstore so it's it's just absolutely awesome to have confluence here so if i can add on top of that simon if you don't mind yeah, of course go for it so so for me is i always keep reminding myself of the why we actually started not necessarily with confluence but why we moved toward a kind of global tool and the main there was two main purposes actually the first one was to be able for everybody to access the information no matter if you were on you know the vfx side which are like artists leads and chodis but also the support teams from like hr tech like systems to finance having a place where you can put your content and everybody can access it mm-hmm. if it's not restricted obviously of course um but i think that was one of our main goal which was not possible before but the other thing i think jignesh put his finger on it it was actually the lms so and the- for the benefit of the non lnd people listening an lms is a learning, learning management, management system. system yes amazing <laughs> i knew that really exactly. about to pretend it this tool actually facilitate the growth of people so easily enough can you assign a course that was created by us so and basically see their evolution mm-hmm. so the concept of having an lms was really to be able to support better our people internally and see basically to their growth and i think that that tool is currently working really well and we are making sure that we're making it even better to ensure that people can grow within framestore. Couldn't have put it better myself, Bonnie, honestly. And I think it is about I love what you've said there about it's created by us. Like uh, in previous companies I've we've had learning management systems where it's all content but created by third parties. And of course we work with third parties all the time. But I love that it's this ever-changing thing, you know, whether it be the work that our team do in terms of creating curriculum in collaboration with the business or it's the the business updating various pages we're working on like a vfx supervisor page at the moment and the vfx soups are going in and they're tweaking it and changing it so it's constantly evolving which i think is uh is really exciting and we should be really proud to be able to say that this is built by framestore for framestore no different to the uh intro at the top of this podcast right so i think uh some good some good stuff right so i think as a pre dailies preamble conversation We've ticked quite a lot of boxes there. We've talked about the global remit. We've talked about confluence. We've talked about collaboration. I'm sure we'll get to shout out the rest of the team who aren't on this uh, this call. We have obviously the the legend Sam Sosnowski here as our producer, hiding in the background, so she can edit all four of us seamlessly. So uh, I think we should get into the dailies. What do you reckon? Because I've got three of you to manage. This is going to be the most interesting experiment. Completely ill prepared, but we're going to make this work. If I could pick 
any people to trial it with, it would be folk from uh, from the training team. So uh, how are you feeling about entering into the world of the dailies, uh, Kelly Jignesh and Bonnie? Are you feeling good? Amped up. I'm ready. Terrified. Ready for the roller coaster. <laughs> All right. There we go. <laughs> In unison. All right. So are you ready for me to drop the dramatic sound effect? Release the dramatic sound effect. into the dailies and the first question is and this is going to be very interesting which is it's the who where what who are you where are you and what are you working on so I know I've alluded to who you are and where you are but it's the rules of the podcast you have to answer it so and I'm always interested to see what people are working on whether it be shows projects irons in the fire but only if you're allowed to talk about it of course so I'm going to pick people at random here so I'm going to start with Jignesh who are you where are you and what are you working on talk to me I'm Jignesh Solanki. Uh, I'm in Mumbai, India right now. And currently, yes, I'm working on uh, a lot of projects. Um, I can name a few which are related to like onboarding, uh, mostly related to technical and VFX related department onboarding. Let it be related to artists or related to any specific workflows. Uh, and I also uh, I'm supporting Mumbai, like uh, all the departments here in Mumbai, when they want to do some sessions recorded, put the video out there on Confluence, uh, take few sessions related to best practices, workflows and all those kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And of course, I work in tandem with the global team. And it's always a pleasure to work with such a highly motivated and enthusiastic team. So that's what I'm on right now. So a lot, a lot happening in Mumbai. Yeah, and, and we have the new animation department as well, which is uh, exciting. Yeah, we, we have a first set of uh, three animators we have joined and we would uh, soon have uh, Nathan coming down to Mumbai here to be the head of the department. And we have a lot more people joining in animation and also we have someone joining in uh, other teams as well in the future, like layout, rigging and those kind of things. Yeah, Excellent. Good. Good answer. Thank you, Jignesh. And what about Kelly? Again, same question. Who, where, what? I'm Kelly Finch. I'm in Florida, United States. <laughs> I may be the only one in Florida. I'm not sure. Um, you are. And um, I'm working on Confluence all day, every day. I don't sleep. I just do Confluence. No, we don't let her sleep. That's why she's on this call at 6.30 in the morning. <laughs> Thank you, Kelly. And Bonnie, who, where, what? So my name is Bonnie Doré. I work from Montreal, Canada, and I work on many different things. And I want to add that the beauty of my job is I actually work with so many people within our team. I get to collaborate with amazing minds and amazing, awesome people. Um, So this is a great part of my job, by the way. But I do work on uh, developing training, whether it's like the art of networking how to manage your team's expectations. But I also work on, you know, different types of projects. Like right now, I know we are trying to develop an onboarding video for the HR side, which is more HRE. So we're really looking at creating magical things, but also specifically I'm working on, uh, you know, VizDev onboarding. Uh, And I think it's just great. And for the benefit of our new starters, we kept talking about the concept of you know, evolution, changing things, always moving forward. And I think this is what we're doing now, you know, reviewing onboarding, even if they've been created, but Mm. also always kind of creating new things. And I think that's what's great about the team is that we're constantly reviewing things. I mean, particularly the onboarding is a great example. I can imagine there will never come a time where we go, onboarding is now complete. We never have to look at it again. You know, I think it will... 
you know, we'll get to the, the end of a journey and then there'll be another department that will probably have a new workflow or a, a new piece of software they're working on. So I think it's uh, it's uh, it's important to keep it fresh for sure. Um, so, so there's a lot in there. And what I'm really taken by just hearing you all talk just now is the kind of the global diversity of our team, the, the different perspectives The you know, we've got Florida represented, we've got Mumbai, we've got, you know, Montreal, London. I mean, it's and everybody's coming from a different perspective. Everybody's got different personalities and experience to draw from. So uh, and I think that's really important in a training team because it's all about understanding different, different perspectives. Right. We have so many different backgrounds and so many different experiences mm. that what we bring to the table is quite unique. Yeah which I think is what sets us apart as a team. Excellent, excellent, thank you. Well, that's a great start. We're well into the dailies now. We've got question one out of the way. Now, question two is how long have you worked here? So again, I think I've teased that out in the intro, but I'd love to hear it from the kind of horse's mouth, mouths, so to speak. Um, I mean, Kelly, officially, what's the tenure for you? How long have you been actually embedded in Framestore? I started in February, 2022. So I've been here now like about a year yeah. and almost nine months. Crikey, it's almost the same as me, isn't it? Yeah, you started like, what, just like a month or a few weeks or so before me. (laughs) Yeah, I had no idea then. And just a little bit more clued up now. But yeah, I completely, yeah, mad, isn't it? It feels much longer than just a year and nine months, isn't it? And Jignesh, so what's your official tenure? So it's kind of mid-pandemic-y times, wasn't it? So what's the official tenure for you, Jignesh? Two years and two months, exactly. Not pretty much. Wow, not that you're counting, exactly. And Bonnie, what's yours as our longest serving, you know, old, old, not olden times. But, yeah, <laughs> Are you pre- saying I'm old, Simon? <laughs> no, we're talking about pre-pandemic, the olden times, yeah, the, the before times, I think is the better, that's what people call it. Before it? the plague, yeah. BP. Yeah, so I started, so I remember I started in July 2019, so it's a bit more than, than four mm. years, so four years and a few months, amazing, uh, which yeah. has been the best four years and few months of my life. I love the experience at Framestore personally yeah and you think you know our team in its current guise hasn't been around that long really think about how kind of fresh it still is particularly with the the, the people in the team as well because it started out with just i think it was four four folk including jignesh and uh and obviously my role right so it's expanded beyond that now which is uh which, which says a lot so theoretically it started like they were two worldwide Mm, wow! Uh, in the beginning, and then it expanded because we created Mumbai. Mm. Uh, so this is where we kind of got Jignesh in, and, yeah, and thank course. God for Jignesh. He was a godsend for that part. Seriously, I don't know how we would have made it happen without him. Wow. So we're calling Jignesh a god now as well. So this is getting it's a very. <laughs> I'll allow <laughs> well, it. The religions are available, but yes, all hail Jignesh yeah. as well. <laughs> Sent from the heavens. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt. Basically, we we understood that we needed more people within mm. our team. Yeah. So Sam was brought in, a really really great help. But Sam was actually the first coordinator in Montreal. Mm. So yeah. we've ever only had uh, a coordinator in London before. But a total number, I think the the maximum before our like our team was it went up to three at some point because there was a coordinator in London and the head of of um you know training in London and then someone in Montreal, but basically that was it. So our team kind of exploded the entire, mm. how we used to do it before a frame store. So I think it's great because we're pushing boundaries, bringing so much value to frame store and its people. Um, they just need to take the opportunity to, to take whatever we, we are offering. Yeah, definitely. 
And actually, you touched on uh, Jignesh coming in, so I'd like to stay on Jignesh for the next question, which is where we get into kind of the the kind of the break in this industry. So we're all, we all work in visual effects now, but all of us didn't previously. And Jignesh, I'd love to kind of get a sense of what you consider to be your your break. You know, when was the moment for you when it was like this is? So it doesn't have to be when you got your first role in the industry. Yeah. It's more about the moment where you're like, this is what I want to do. This is where I belong. You know, what do you consider to be your your break, Jignesh? Mm, yeah, as you said, Simon, like uh, working in the industry or joining the industry was long back in like around 2004 when I graduated. Mm-hmm. Then I worked with a couple of uh, trading institutes and academies. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then if you talk about a real break in like a global visual effects company, uh, that came into around 2017 when I moved from academies and training institutes to the VFX Global Studio that was in DNEC. 2017, I moved into it as a 3D trainer, like a 3D generalist trainer. Yeah. And yeah, so I'll consider that would be my first proper break in a global visual effects studio kind of an environment. And how did you find that transition, Jignesh, if you don't want me to ask, from kind of academic to private sector visual effects studio, working on some heavy duty shows by the looks of it? Yeah, it, it, it was tough, uh, Simon, as I said, like, uh, because in, in, in Mumbai and overall in India, there is a little disconnect when it comes to academies, training and the visual effects. So there's a gap. Mm-hmm. So someone is expected to cross over and understand like how the actual visual effects companies work versus how the training institutes work. So there was a gap for me there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, yes, it, it was a little challenging time back then. But I had a good team there, like a global mm-hmm. team there as well. Uh, basically, they helped me a lot to get uh, learning about the pipelines and the global tools, which a usual visual effects company would use. Mm. So that was around yeah, 2017 when I moved from academies to a proper visual effects uh, studio as mm-hmm. a trainer. Yeah. Yeah. And you feel this is where you belong now, working for global visual effects studios, delivering yeah. world-class it, training. Y- yeah, it is. It is definitely something, yeah. So the move to DNEG was your big break. That makes sense it was, to me, yeah. for sure. And what about you, Kelly? Because um, you have quite an interesting career. Well, you know, again, completely blows my mind doing my research, which is exclusive to LinkedIn. I don't go beyond that. I don't <laughs> go full stalking, by the way. It's just LinkedIn profile and then done. Um, but I, yeah, I had no idea you did. You did a little stint on the the Dark Knight and or Dark Knight Rises and uh, and and other various production roles when you were interning. Um, but again, same question, Kelly. You know, what what would you consider to be your your break was it those original internships or was it no this is it something this else? is <laughs> this, this was the break I, I so I went to school for cinema and digital arts mm-hmm. that was my major and so it was with the intention of working like on set you know doing doing production yeah. or um I I had a I had an affinity for for screenwriting okay. um so I thought um I would be either in pre-production or production and then, um, you know, life happens and I, I moved and uh, I just started working in banking, which actually brought me into more of a tech related role. Mm. And then I worked there for several years and then applied for this job. So I, yeah. it, this was really bringing me back into the industry in a sense. But yeah, for a while when I was in school, uh, I worked on productions as a production assistant or sometimes as an extra. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Anything I would have seen? Um, I don't, I doubt you would be able to see me, but yeah, I was, uh, <laughs> I was an extra on, um, I might actually even be an extra in the Dark Knight Rises. Like they, they came and filmed no in, in Pittsburgh. Um, 
Yeah, but I'm actually working. I was actually like actively working as a production assistant, but I'm like, we're working in the stadium. It's the scene where they blew up the the stadium mm. and um, uh, like the field. Yeah, and yeah. I'm just like, like well, yeah, working crazy. in the crowd as like a vendor. Also, they were doing this in the, um, th- this was the middle of August that they were filming this, but it's supposed to be like winter. So all the extras, oh God, yeah. <laughs> they're like wearing t-shirts and stuff underneath their winter coats. So like every time they would call a cut, everyone was just throwing their <laughs> their parkas <laughs> off. And then at the end, Christopher Nolan comes out onto the field, like after we were done kind of really wrapping up for the day. Mm. And, you know, apologize for my accent, but he was just like, oh, thank you, Pittsburgh. This was great, but my God, is it hot. <laughs> it was so hot. It was so incredibly hot. Um, But yeah, I do. I do miss on set stuff. But um, yeah, yeah, that was I did. But it was while I was in school. I would say this is probably my break into VFX. Yeah. Yeah. And how do you feel? Yeah. I mean, I'm just interested because do you ever think you'll ever return to the the wacky world of on set production or from that experience? Or do you think you found your sweet spot working as a knowledge based specialist? I I do miss it. Um, But like there's things that I miss from like being young that I don't think I would (laughs) that I would necessarily do now. Um, And the thing that isn't great about production, but also makes it exciting at the same time is there's no consistency. Uh, And and obviously the hours that you work are ridiculous. Like Mm -hmm. when I, you know, worked on the dark rises, that was a 16 hour day. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) You know, and that, that was from being there at like the butt crack of dawn until like some time going into the evening. And there was a time and place for that. And I'm not saying that that couldn't ever happen again. That would be very exciting. But it just the, the like I, I do like the consistency of hours working nine to five. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's certainly a trade off, isn't it? Do you have a credit on the Dark Knight Rises? Oh, probably not. They this was through like a I think like a third party because oh, okay. you know that it's like a Hollywood studio, and then they came and um, needed to hire like a an extra and PA company to get people on. So I doubt that okay. I would have literally any credits. <laughs> cool. Well, I'm definitely going to dig out my my Blu-ray of Dark Knight Rises see if I can spot you in the uh, stadium scene at least. <laughs> Might be in there somewhere, in your parka. Uh, brilliant. Good. Good answer, Kelly. What about you, Bonnie? What's the break for you, do you think? Was it, you know, frame store or did it come before then or maybe post then? Yeah, so I- I'm going to say like it's it's really kind of hilarious in a way and ironic, I'm going to say, that I'm creating the art of networking training because um, it was actually through networking. So it's actually a friend, an ex-colleague that had worked with him like mm-hmm. 10 years prior. And, and we kept in touch and he had an open role within his recruitment team. Uh, he thought of me. He's like, oh, I had an amazing experience with Bonnie. Let me bring her in. And I think she would be great in that kind of environment. Mm-hmm. And even though if I love PwC at the time, I, I thought it was my time to move on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it really was just great timing and amazing networking that I joined Framestore. Yeah. And, and I haven't regretted my, my decision. Yeah, it is interesting, isn't it? I mean, my experience of working with you, Bonnie, is, you know, you've, you've got this almost encyclopedic knowledge of the business. And for someone who's only been in industry for best part of four years, it's, yeah, you clearly live it. You know, yeah, yeah, that that definitely rings true with uh, with 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 my thoughts for sure. So uh, great answer, thank you. 
So three big breaks, amazing. Now we're going to go, you think we're getting corny now. We're going to go seriously cheesy with the self-proclaimed cheesy question, which is what's the best thing about being part of Framestore? I'm going to start with Bonnie as we finished the last one with Bonnie. So I'm going to keep on Bonnie. Okay. So what's the best thing about being part of the good ship Framestore? I'm going to say... Besides the breakfast and the bagels. Yeah, that's, right? that's a bone of contention, that is. Because in Montreal, we have bagels. We're lucky that way. Um, but besides that, I'm going to have to say the people. Yeah. Uh, I've worked in so many different companies in so many different industries. And I'm going to say that so far, Framestore has been the best place mm -hmm. ever. There's amazing human beings. And even though if the people in here have inhuman ability to create magical things, they are wonderful human beings. They are so open and easygoing and approachable. It is honestly, it's I don't know how to describe it, to be mm -hmm. fairly honest. It's just awesome to work with them every day and just get to connect with people that can create that amount of mm. magic um, and still keep their both of their feet on the ground. Excellent. Right. So our first answer, we've got human beings and the people and the, I, I'll build on that because I've always impre been impressed with the kind of the lack of ego with uh, particularly the artistic side who are responsible for that incredible images we see as part of uh, various shows and productions. But I'm going to segue neatly into Kelly Tell me what's the best thing about being part of Framestore. And I'm interested to get your take, Kelly, because you're our, our, our remotest of workers, because you work out in Florida where we don't have a studio, so you don't have the benefit of enjoying lovely uh, cream cheese bagels in Montreal. Yeah, I was going to say the Wednesday bagels. I mean, I don't know what's better, <laughs> <laughs> except, but I don't actually get to have any of them. So I, I know a lot of people say the people on on the podcast and and that is absolutely true but i would say also the the culture mm -hmm. even though i don't get to really experience it in person um it's amazing how much that actually translates well um even working fully remotely um mm -hmm. it's i mean maybe this is just indicative of working in an industry like this but i've just never experienced a, a, a culture like this before and yeah. um i think part of that could be because we're a global company and i get a chance to meet with i've met with literally at least one person in every location mm -hmm. and i just think that that's one of the coolest things about my job in particular mm. yeah i think it's that kind of access to people isn't it i mean i Culture is interesting, isn't it? Because I think historically people do often see culture as, you know, the the bricks and mortar of a studio, you know, creative space, right? And in many ways it is. But I think what the the lockdown taught us was actually culture is about the human beings and the people. I mean, I experienced it in my previous role before I joined Framestore. My experience of that company was mostly from home because obvious reasons. And I, I soaked up a lot about the culture from the individuals. I still felt part of that culture, despite not kind of walking through the front door every morning. And I think that there's something in that in what you're saying, Kelly, as much as I'm sure you'd love to uh, join Bonnie for a, a bagel and a cup of coffee in Montreal. Yeah, I want a bagel. Your, no, me too. I'm getting hungry. Just always <laughs> talk of bagels. And you guys are always welcome. I oh, can I'll walk pop over. any day. It's now two days yeah. a week. It's on Tuesday and Thursday. So you're always welcome to Montreal. Give me some bagels, man. <laughs> But yeah, but what you said, Kelly, really resonates there because I think it is. Uh, I think it says a lot about. It's indicative of the type of people who we have at Framestore that you know they can embody that culture for sure. So I think that's a really good answer. 
Thank you, Kelly. Right, I'm saving Jignesh's answer. Here we go. What you got for Jignesh? Anything different or the same? What's the best thing about being part of Framestorm? Yeah, I'll completely echo with, with what Bonnie and Kelly had says. Like it's it's definitely it's the people. By and large, I would say it is also about uh, the managements and all the executives who are there overall globally. Mm-hmm. They are so open. They are so transparent about what's the plan in the company, what are the shows that we worked on, what's upcoming. So I really love the way they are really open. They trust their employees uh, and then discuss with them in the different town halls that we have. And all the webinars that we have, like what are the technologies that we are focusing on? How are we integrating machine learning and artificial intelligence mm-hmm. tools? How are we going ahead with those? Because as as we all know, Simon, like with with the new artificial intelligence and the new technology, everybody is in uh, this dilemma. They are always in uh, this question that whether we will lose our job. Mm-hmm. But then we, we really have good management who have done some uh, open sessions and uh, invited everybody to the company and spoken about like how we are adapting to it, how we are working during the strike times, what's the plan for Mumbai, what's the plan for Melbourne. So I think I really love the way the management is really open in terms of explaining mm-hmm. and talking to people in a very transparent manner. Mm-hmm. That really brings a lot of confidence to the company. It really talks a lot about the culture and the way the management is looking at the employees. So I really love that. That's the best part. And I, I would also take this opportunity to say here that, of course, the Mumbai studio uh, is the it's, it's one of the best facility. It's one of the best class apart uh, high tech studios that we have here in, in India. Mm. Um, so, yeah, so the, I think these are the two yeah. best things I can see right now that I've seen. In the You're being very humble, Jignesh, because, you know, but there's Bonnie there bragging about Montreal's bagels. You have an entire yeah. floor. You have a canteen that serves the best yes. Indian ah. cuisine known to mankind right come on yes yeah you you might have seen the 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 mumbai frames to movies right on the on, on our linkedin on youtube yeah there's not you, you, everybody here talks about like the amazing canting and the food and the cook who makes like people know his name by heart like <laughs> that he has made this he has made that and so so yeah we we have an entire cafeteria oh. and i invite you all definitely so unfair yeah, face. we're stuck with only bagels uh, you know I'd, I'd love to call you here and like have some <laughs> mumbai snacks like vada pav and pani puri they are really spicy they are really little oily sometimes oh, but i'm sure you would love it mm. you, you can take the testimonial from different people who have come here like nathan has been here amy was here mm. and uh, you can talk to them they have enjoyed the food here in cafeteria well, we're going to get to the, uh, the the culinary question at the end of the podcast. But uh, what was what was what was for lunch today, Jignesh? Talk me through what you had for lunch today. Uh, today, I'll tell you what. So it's again, it's an uh, Indian name. I don't know if you will be able to relate to it. So we had misal vada with with a bread mm-hmm. with pao, and then we had like rice uh, with vegetable. That's called as like pulao, and some curd with vegetable. That's called as raita. So we had like vada misal some rice raita and a sweet uh gulab jamun oh i love gulab jamun that's one of my favorite yeah with the syrup yeah. and oh. exactly it's the sugar syrup and the brown one yeah so we had that and i i, I had that i really loved it <laughs> well yeah no yeah no doubt right who wouldn't i mean it's amazing honestly what, what did i have for lunch today beans on toast Bean, <laughs> baked beans on toast with a couple of fried eggs that's it basic so uh yeah bagels and oh a canteen full of amazing indian cuisine oh i'm there i'm here for this conversation well that was part one join us for part two of the frame store podcast out this thursday as our training trio continue to take on the dailies see you then